This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, world history, and this is the uh, Industrialization and Imperialism Test Review. I'm going to go through the review and also go through um, some specifics uh, that I saw that weren't on the review for the test. But I think uh, most of the stuff, if you know the stuff on the test, I mean, if you know, obviously know this on the test, but if you know the stuff on the review, you should be in pretty good shape. So if you want to have your review out, let me go over a few things on there first off. Uh, all right, so the Industrial Revolution part, why England uh, remember, England is going to be a leader in the Industrial Revolution, uh, and that's going to become or come from some of their resources that they had already on on on, a, on site on the island of um, what you call it, uh, England. And they uh, are also going to have plenty of wealth there. All right. And they are going to be some of the first ones to get the factories built. So the factory system, <coughs> excuse me, was there. Um, and they just had a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the resources, a lot of the industrial technology. When you think of the, the sewing machines that they use, the big ones, the, the spinning jennies and all that kind of stuff. A lot of that comes from uh, England or is going to be in England and they're going to have access to it versus other places. Uh, the factories, this, if you can understand that the factories were built uh, to house these big machines and they started to really industrialize the clothing industry and then that expanded into other industries you should be in pretty good shape uh the railroads that was a big thing a big item for uh not only travel but more importantly trade and was able to get goods from one place to the other very quickly uh much quicker than than uh, prior to that and a lot of times quicker than you know uh on a uh, boat and going around the ocean and things like that uh you could use the railroad and get stuff to and fro much quicker all right. Uh, the inventions, I don't think you need to know any specific inventions. As long as you're understanding the factory system, uh, you understand some of that stuff came from the textile industry. Uh, looking through the test, I don't remember any specific inventions uh, other than, hey, the railroad came about, the steam engine was a big thing. Uh, I don't think you need to know any specific inventions, though. Capitalism, <clears throat> remember this is a system where the me and you as citizens own the factories of production. So the factories are owned by us, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the resources we own our own labor, things like that. Okay. Uh, socialism, this is going to be where things are, there's a mix of um, publicly owned things. The government owns some things. The government dictates a lot of the where the resources go and how the resources are used. Uh, and things like that. And then communism, that's going to be the government owns everything. Okay. So the government owns everything. And um, it's communism is really just, I shouldn't say the government owns everything, but just everything is equal in communism. There is no, well, I own this and, and they own that. You know, and that's the big difference between socialism and communism. Socialism, there is 
some private ownership. It's not all publicly owned. It's not all government owned and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it is, it's, there's, there's some resources owned by private citizens. Communism, everything is in theory owned by the government slash public. So everybody is equal and then you get paid uh, accordingly. Okay. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, imperialism, the motives. Well, the main motive behind imperialism during our time frame was, hey, we need resources. So let's go look other places in Africa and India and uh, Asia just happened to be some of those places. America uh, prior to the revolution, uh, Latin America, all these places had resources that places like England and France and, and places like that did not have. So that's one of the big motives. The other motive is Christianity and spread of you know the missionaries going out and uh, spreading the word and all that kind of st stuff and converting. Uh, and then let's skip down for a second, the social Darwinism thing. Remember, the uh, Europeans felt a pretty heavy burden, a, a heavy need to go out and uh, get their ways, their civilizations, their beliefs, their governments and things like that to what they considered to be inferior peoples. Okay, And that's what led them to places like Africa and India and things like that. They consider themselves better. And that's the white man's burden uh, that there's a poem. And you're going to have to look at the poem uh, on the test uh, and understand that and how it's tied to social Darwinism. The fact that the Europeans uh, had this feeling of superiority to everybody else in the world and that they felt that they needed, that they, it was their responsibility to bring their way of life to everybody else because theirs was the best. All right. Uh, let's see. The explorers, uh, you don't have to know any specific explorers, but just understand that was a driving force. Hey, we've never been to Africa. They, they had sailed around the coast. They had been on the coast of Africa. All right. Uh, and that's where the slave trade took place and all that kind of stuff. But not a lot of uh, Europeans had been into the interior. And so this sense of exploring, the sense of adventure uh, and things like that is going to lead uh, some Europeans to, to venture off into places like that. Um, at Marco Polo in, in Asia, that was something that was uh, exciting. And, and, you know, he wrote back and people read these, the writings uh, of his explorations and, you know, people wanted to, I want to have that adventure. And so that's going to lead to some of that stuff there. OK. Uh, all right. The Congress of Berlin. Remember, that's going to be between the European countries, and they're going to divide up uh, and set some rules for Africa. All right. So that's what the, the Congress of Berlin is going to do, is set up the uh, how they're going to, to divvy up Africa. Remember, it wasn't fair to the Africans. The Africans were not invited to this thing. They just got uh, wherever. Okay. Uh, let's see. The Sepoy Mutiny. There's a couple questions on this about Sepoy Mutiny. Uh, a couple of things to remember. First off, uh, remember the British East India Company was in charge of India at the time. And they had hired local soldiers to be kind of the, the enforcers. So they had an Indian uh, military. And the Indians were made up, remember, of, of Hindu uh, and Muslims. Okay. And so the British East India Company provided guns and ammo and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, back then, in order to get into and load your gun and things like that, you had to rip off the, the cartridges to your ammo and things like that. In order to make it easier, the East India Company had bought stuff that was lined with pork and beef fat. Okay. Key thing to remember here is that the Hindus 
Okay. Uh, they hold the cow sacred. And so they're not supposed to, to let that touch their lips. And then uh, the Muslims, okay, uh, they're not supposed to, to eat pork, uh, is, is my understanding. And so this is a, basically a slap in the face to their religions, their culture, and all that kind of stuff. And the East India Company is like, whatever, just deal with it, okay? Uh, this is what you got. If you want to stay employed, then you're going to, you're going to use it. And so this leads to the Sepoy Mutiny. The, the Indian soldiers revolted against the British, British East India Company. Uh, it takes about a year. The British are going to come in, okay, the actual British government, not just the East India Company, but the actual, uh, the whole government's going to come in and get involved here. This is where they're going to say East India Company, British East India Company, you're not doing what you're supposed to. We're going to... Uh, we're going to take control. So this is when the British took control of India and would control it for the next 90 years, 1947 or so is when they uh, will give it back to the, uh, the people of India. Okay. Uh, the Suez Canal, uh, this is going to be taken over. Uh, and I think just if you, as long as you know, this cut off the, the trip around Africa for your uh, ocean voyages, uh, the trade with Asia and Europe. Is, uh, the thing. Uh, India, we've kind of talked about with the Sepoy Mutiny. It was controlled by the British East India Company, and then it was controlled by England. Remember, this was the jewel of the crown for the British uh, because of all the natural resources they had, uh, just tons of stuff that, that was in um, in India that the British were able to use, uh, not just textiles, but minerals and, and materials and stuff like that. The Opium War. So this was something that was in India, was the opium. They grew the opium, and the British would harvest it. And then they sold it to the Chinese. Well, the Chinese government said, we don't want that coming in here. you got to stop. And the British refused, and that's going to lead to the Opium War. Okay, so um, I might talk about that a little bit. I can't remember the specific question. Uh, right now about it. Uh, Cecil Rhodes, remember Cecil Rhodes is that guy who was an entrepreneur. Uh, he was in Africa. And the main thing to understand about him was he was all over the place trying to connect Africa via the railroads and telegraphs and things like that, uh, along with his business ventures, okay, the mining, and diamonds, and other resources. Um, but he's famous for trying to get the railroad to connect from all the way down to South Africa, all the way up to North Africa, and then across from east to west also. So uh, that's the big thing about Cecil Rhodes. The open door policy, this was an American idea because they thought they were being froze out of China. They wanted to be able to trade with China also, but uh, at the time it was really just European countries had come in and kind of forced their way into China. So America made the suggestion of the open door policy, and uh, they, they agreed, so now everybody can trade with China. Commodore Perry, uh, he is the American sent to Japan with his big giant naval warships, and they roll into or sail into the uh, the harbor in Japan, who's been isolated for a long time, and is like, we have a note here from the president, we want to be able to trade with you. And the Japanese realized that they really couldn't say no. If the Americans really wanted to push the issue, force their trade upon the Japanese, the Japanese were not going to be able to stop them, all right? And it's because of the technologies that the Americans had uh, with their naval warships and things like that. Uh, the Japanese era of the mage, I don't know how to say it, okay? Uh, just understand this began the westernization of Japan, uh, all kinds of reforms. They got rid of the feudal system, which was big. Um, 
brought in some, or not brought in, but started some schools and trade and things like that. But the, just if you can understand, remember the westernization. And then the Spanish-American War, this is what's going to get America its uh, colonies all over the place, really. Uh, the Spanish-American War was fought between America and Spain uh, over Cuba. Okay, the, the Spanish were down in Cuba, um, and the rumors were that they were mistreating the Cubans. And they weren't treating them super well, but a lot of the stuff was fabricated. We talked about yellow journalism in class on Friday and some of the stories that, the, that were coming out of Cuba people being fed to sharks and things like that. And so America eventually is going to get into the war. Uh, one of our ships was down in, in Cuba in Havana Harbor, uh, the USS Maine. It blew up. Okay. Now we'll find out later, much, much later, that it probably was an internal thing. The Spanish had nothing to do with this. But that's our cue. We're going to get to fight the Spanish now. Now the Spanish were like, hey, we don't want to fight. We'll give you whatever you want to. We don't want to fight. But America was looking for a fight, and so we went, and we are going to fight the Spanish in the Philippines and in Cuba. And we completely dominate them. Uh, it's not a very long war. Now, we had also said that we're not fighting this war to take Cuba. We were fighting it to free Cuba. And so Cuba got their independence after we beat the Spanish. Um, and so that's why Cuba has never been under the control of the Americans, because we had said uh, during this time period that we're not going to, to take uh we're not going to take it for our own good. Uh, we just want to free them from the oppression of the Spanish. It also gets us the Philippines. Remember, we fought the Filipinos for a long time, three years, I believe it was, where they had they 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 were, were free from the Spanish. But the Americans had this territory now. Like, well, you know, you're all free from the Spanish, but we're here to now govern you and tell you what to do. And so they fought back against that. And it took us longer to fight the Filipinos and, and get them under control than it did to, to get the, the Spanish under control. We also got Guam, uh, Midway, Puerto Rico, and a couple other locations. So uh, that's the, the review that you had there. Uh, just kind of looking through the, the test, um, just a couple things I want to touch on. Uh, first off, the Industrial Revolution, going back to it. Remember, there was a huge need for workers now. So people were leaving the agricultural, the rural areas and coming to the cities for better work, better jobs, more better paying jobs. The work conditions were not always the best. Remember, we talked about how the working conditions were actually pretty poor. Uh, the living conditions were pretty poor. People living in tenements uh, together with, you know, four, five, six families sometimes um, and living in small little areas, little little places. Uh, sanitation was not very great. Uh, they're there either. All right. Uh, let's see. Talk about all this stuff. That uh, Something that's not on there that uh, you need to know. Otto von Bismarck. Remember, he is going to try and unify Germany. That might be an old question. I'll have to check. I don't remember talking about him too much in this in this unit, but I remember talking about him in the last unit. So we'll have to see if there's a mix up there. But uh, Otto von Bismarck, uh, he's trying to unify the Germans. Okay, uh, let's see. Going on the Industrial Revolution, um, the biggest thing to know, I remember, is the factories. But more importantly, the factories allowed for things to be produced on a large scale. Okay, uh, prior to the Industrial Revolution, if you needed a shirt, you went to a, a single person, an individual, and said, "Hey, I need my shirt," and they would sit down and they would sew your shirt for however long it took. Okay, uh, with the Industrial Revolution now, though. We, let's mass produce just the, all these shirts. And so they go to the factory and instead of you going, you would go to the store who has bought the, the, 
the shirts from the, the factory and now they're selling them directly to you instead of having to wait forever for uh, an individual to do that. So that, that big giant production of goods. Let's see. We talked about railroads, uh, talked about the Sepoy Revolt, talked about the Opium War, talked about Cecil Rhodes. He's English. Uh, the working conditions were poor. We said that. We've talked about communism, talked about capitalism. Uh, Laissez-faire, that's a part of capitalism. That's the hands-off. The government is not involved. Uh, just the whole imperialism thing is to gain resources. The United States wanted to get involved in China. We know this. Adam Smith. Um, or Adam Smith is the father of economics. He wrote The Wealth of Nations. Um, he, there's a quote on the test that you have to be able to analyze. So just uh, keep that in mind. Um, have we ever defined imperialism? That's the where these countries take smaller countries. Uh, the Boxer Rebellion was not on the study guide, but there's a question on the test. I forgot to put it on there. So the Boxer Rebellion, that is, remember, where the Chinese were very unhappy that the Chinese government had given off extraterritorial extra rights to the Europeans. Remember, they could come in and they could do what they wanted to. They did not have to listen to Chinese rules, laws, culture, all that kind of stuff. They could do what they wanted to. And so uh, eventually the Chinese... Uh, are going to be led by this uh, group. And I cannot remember the long name, but they became known as the Boxers. They're going to rebel, fight back. They lay siege. They have some success, but eventually they're put down by a, a force of Chinese and uh, European um, military guys. Okay. I think that should do it. Uh, if you have questions, you can respond to the, uh, what you call it, um, the reminder I'm going to send out. This spy, you can respond there. Uh, you can see me tomorrow uh, during. You know, we have you have advisement at some point during fifth. So if you want to come then, or email me coach d underscore nineteen seventy seven at yahoo.com if you're not sure of anything. Uh, but we'll take the test tomorrow. It is thirty five questions. And remember, I'm taking up the review. If you didn't, got it signed. I'm giving you ten bonus points. Don't forget, you got the eight things that we did in class that I'm taking up. I told you I'm grading the African assignment, the document analysis for the Africa thing, and then I'll grade two other things. So be sure you get them all turned in because I'm not sure what I'm going to grade uh, on the other ones. All right. Let me know if you have any questions and I'll see you in class.